In today's episode, I talk a little bit about my cats, a little bit about the Sandman, and a little bit about Glenn Tilbrook from Squeeze. Because, I don't know, I haven't done this by myself in a little while, and I, I've forgotten what my interests are. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Checkmates, it's your old Uncle Derek coming to you by himself for the first time in a while. Having just broken up a fight between his two cats, Jonko and Maguire, they uh, they roughhouse a little bit, and sometimes it gets serious. And uh, it, got, it got serious, so I had to kind of break it up a little bit. Maguire was the aggressor, and uh, John, uh, I, I, I just kind of sat with John for a little while and pet him and let Maguire know that it wasn't okay to treat his brother like that. So, uh, that happened. That's, that's, that's the backdrop to this episode of the show. I uh, hope you're doing okay wherever you are. Things are fine here. Small cat fight. Literal cat fight. Uh, but otherwise things are, are fine. Nothing really to complain about. Uh, it's, 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 I'm weirdly nervous about doing a solo outing after two back-to-back, uh, Fab 15 episodes with my brother Dave. Uh, it's, it's just, it's different to do this by myself. And I don't have a ton to talk about in this episode either, so that's kind of, that's kind of different too. Uh, I have, uh, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I jotted down a bunch of stuff that I kind of wanted to talk about, and then I just thought, you know... I'm going to boil it down. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to just do a couple. The last couple episodes that you've gotten out of the show have been like two and a half, three hours, and I'm going to do, I'm going to try to get this one in under an hour, and I'm going to keep the topics simple and straightforward. And uh, we're just going to, just going to kind of do a classic empty checking episode here and, and, and maybe, maybe a light one for those of you who need to catch up on the, on the last two episodes. Both great episodes, both really good episodes. Had a lot of fun. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. We did our uh, Fab 15 movies of 1989, and we did our Fab 15 Queen songs, or the Fab Fifth Queen, if you will, as was said in the episode. Both really fun episodes. I enjoyed both of them a lot. I have been ticking on Queen a little bit ever since the Queen episode, because I just, I loved talking about Queen, and I, I, you know... They're one of those bands that are an anytime band for me. Like, anytime a Queen song comes on, I'm like, yeah, that's good news, you know? And uh, I don't have to be in the mood for them. But when I am in the mood for them, that's all I can think about. So that that uh, doing the, that episode got me in the mood for Queen, and uh, I've been very obsessed with them. So uh, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I've gotten some good feedback from some of you out there, and I know that you've enjoyed it a lot, too. Uh, so thank you for that, and thanks, Dave, for a couple good episodes there. Uh, so now we're, now it's all on me (laughs) to do good episodes for a little bit here as we figure out what our next, uh, Fab 15 topic is gonna be. And also, this is still, you know, my show, and there are some of you who prefer this format. Uh, most of you who do are not vocal about that. 
but those of you who are vocal about that are uh, vocal about that. <laughs> that sometimes you just want the uh, the solo episodes, and that's fine. I I'll cater to to all of you. Uh, those of you who do prefer the solo episodes, hey, I really appreciate that, but I hope you're listening to the Fab 15 episodes anyway, because you're missing some really good times, if you're not. Uh, a little bit longer, a little bit different, but really good times. They're some of my favorite episodes that we do, uh, that I do, I guess, because, you know, a lot of the time I'm solo, but I, I love doing those episodes, and, uh, I hope that people are really loving hearing them, and it seems like most of you who are writing in are, uh, but I know that change is always, uh, always kind of, you know, eh, and <laughs> there are some of you who just, just want the show how it is, and that's fine. I'm gonna do both for you. Don't worry about it. If you get a Fab 15 episode, the next one usually is gonna be solo, you know? That wasn't the case this last time. <laughs> we, uh, just world events had us do two Fab 15s back-to-back, but, uh, I appreciate you for whatever reason you listen to the show, and if you do enjoy the show, there's a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com, and it's available on all of the major streaming apps, unless anybody changed their rules and nobody told me. Uh, if, if that's the case, if you can't find it on your app of choice, drop me a line. Let me know. And you can do that by writing to me at db, those are my initials, db at derekbrink.com. I answer every email unless you're a jerk. Uh, if you want to know more about me, go over, over to DerekBrink.com, which is the place that accompanies that email address. Uh, go over to DerekBrink.com. Lots of stuff to click on there, mostly about my music career, and if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, it's all available for absolutely free over at DerekBrink.BandCamp.com. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price, and you can have it. I won't even know that you took it. I don't collect your email address. I would just love it. If you loved it. So that's all the stuff that I'm supposed to say up top. Um, it's been a weird week. <laughs> it has been a weird week. I've had a hectic work week. And I don't like to talk about work you know, in public forums or anything like that. And I'm certainly not going to do that right now. Because uh, that, that, I just think that's in bad taste. And, you know, also <laughs> probably the people at my work are happy that I don't. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't like to talk about work or anything on, on the show or, or publicly, but it's, it, it was a hectic work week over the past week and, uh, got through it and stuff's kind of starting to look a little bit more normal and, uh, that's, that's nice, you know, but there's more work stuff ahead anytime, you know, no matter when there's always more work stuff ahead. So, uh, but yeah, I had a, had a long week there. Uh, have ongoing renovation going on at the house. My uh, bathroom off the master bedroom needed some flooring replaced, and we're pretty deep into that. The flooring will be going in soon. We're also replacing some drywall and stuff. It kind of it went from oh this subfloor is you know badly damaged and needs to come out and be replaced. It went from that to I I, I think I'm redoing just the entire bathroom now. And that's that's just sort of how that goes. My buddy Dave, not my brother Dave, my buddy Dave, is helping me out with that, and he's doing a great job, and he's a great guy. And it's just kind of been nice to see him regularly. We'd been a little bit out of touch for a little while. Uh, but yeah, so we've been doing that, and that sort of sparked me also do, uh, redoing the whole master bedroom, which I'd been meaning to do for a while, and I actually had planned for this upcoming December, so I'm a little bit ahead of the curve on that, which, uh, 
the reason that happened is uh, that that bedroom for my entire lifetime. Uh, I many of you know that I live in the house that I grew up in. Uh, that bedroom has always had just sort of gold, goldish yellow uh, shag carpeting, like 1970s shag carpeting in there. And, uh, uh, you know, fine, whatever. I've kind of left it there. I had always intended to, you know, one day I'm going to pull that up and I'm going to redo the bedroom. And that was going to be in December. But redoing this uh, bathroom, got got up to the doorway and realized, oh... I'm going to have to pull up the threshold that's there so that we can make sure that all the flooring fits and is right. I mean, the, for the flooring to go in, the threshold has to come out. So in doing that, that started the pull-up of the carpet, and I just kind of decided, well, you know what? I'm going to do that right now. And I pulled up all the carpeting, and all the carpeting is out of there, and it's just kind of moving me forward on that. I got an area rug to go in there, which actually is <laughs> also a shag carpet, <laughs> but it's a more modern shag, and it's in a nice neutral kind of brown color that goes with my whole aesthetic. And, you know, with an area rug, if you end up not liking it in a year or two, you can change it out again for a different carpet, you know, and that's or rug, I guess, and that's that's fine. So, you know, I, I think I'm going to be very happy with it. I just, when I get out of bed in the morning, I want to set my feet down and I want my feet to be comfortable and warm and on carpeting. And uh, I've got wonderful hardwood throughout the house. And the hardwood in the, be in the bedroom looks fantastic, having pulled up the carpet. But, you know, I do want to not have my feet hit cold hardwood first thing in the morning. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I bought the area rug. We got the area rug, whatever. I got the area rug, and uh, it's sitting in its packaging, waiting to be unfurled. First, I need to get some paint on the walls. And I'm waiting for Payday to come up so I can buy the paint that's going on those walls. Because uh, those walls have been kind of a... Uh, slowly flaking and uh, cigarette smoke damaged white for a while. Kind of that yellowish cigarette smoke white. Uh, <laughs> that happens when uh, smokers live in your house, uh, including yourself, for a while. Sorry, anybody that didn't know that. I haven't smoked since 2014, but, uh, you know, yeah, guilty. So, uh, yeah, the walls had that sort of lived-in cigarette smoke look to them, and uh, and they still do, actually. So I've, I've been wanting to paint that for a while, and I think I'm going to go with a nice kind of cheery blue. I'm going to go with a nice blue in there, because I... I I've always been kind of a drab walls guy. I've always been white and brown and, you know, that kind of earth-tony color. I, I think I want my bedroom to be blue. I want it to be a nice kind of, not oceanic vibe, but kind of that sort of studio blue, if that makes sense to you, if anybody knows what I'm talking about. You may or may not. That may only exist in my head, but I, I'm going to do blue. And uh, I've got some good drapes already hung up there that may or may not be replaced, depending on how it looks against the area rug and the blue. Uh, sooner or later I'm going to need a new bed in there. I've got an old bed that doesn't, doesn't work with the room. So that's, that's on the docket, and that's going to be expensive. But, uh, right now we're just going to get some paint on the walls, and I'm tearing down some, uh, some wallpaper that's in there that my, uh, my mother decorated that bedroom again. I live in the house where I grew up. She decorated that bedroom, and in a weird state of what I can only assume was 
manic depressive decision making, she uh, did kind of a faux crown molding with just sort of a border of wallpaper, about like a six inch, six to eight inch size piece of wallpaper all around the top of the bedroom with kind of a Mayan motif to it. And like that's all the wallpaper that she put up in there for some reason. And uh, uh, it's never made sense. And it makes even less sense with the fact that I took down her also Mayan-inspired drapes and put up basic neutral drapes at one point. Uh, it's confusing. So I've, I've been taking that down. That's been the big part of this week. That's been the project for this week, is getting rid of that wallpaper, because it was glued on very well. That is the one place where Mom spared no expense on the glue, apparently. So uh, that's been a whole ordeal. So that's that's sort of that's where a lot of the time and money is going right now, just redoing all of that stuff and 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 buying stuff and ordering stuff and bringing stuff home and and you know, it's been uh, like I'm doing all the work in the bedroom. My buddy Dave's doing all the work in the bathroom, and the bathroom's the hard work. So he's he's uh, uh, earning his keep, shall we say. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the backdrop of my week. That's been going on. Had the work stuff going on, and uh, it's just been it's just been odd lately, and like odd problems popping up. Like the other day, the cats alerted me to a sound in the wall, like in the wall. Like I got right up on top of it. Like the the cats were jumping up on top of my china cabinet, which is not unusual. They do that, but they were just staring at the wall and kind of like batting at this little place where there's there's a place in my drywall where there's a gap and I haven't fixed it. There's just a gap that I, I need to get some, yeah, maybe maybe some filler wood, like just break off the end of a dowel rod, shove it in there, and, and then put some spackle over it and paint it, and it'll be fine. Uh, I just haven't done that because there's a china cabinet in the way, but there's there's a little gap there. And the cat's we're just kind of staring into that gap and kind of sniffing at that gap and pawing at that gap. A gap that they already knew was there. It wasn't new to them. They didn't discover it. But they were kind of doing that, and they were both doing that. And I thought, well, that's odd. And I started kind of listening, and I started hearing scratching and scurrying and, and sounds like that. And I went, oh, there's something in the wall. And I didn't know what, and I still don't know what. Because uh, it sounded way bigger than a mouse. Mice are usually much quieter than that, unless there's a lot of them, or unless there's something, you know, going on. Uh, it, 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 I, I, I know what mice are like in this house, and that wasn't a mouse, you know? I think probably a squirrel. That's my guess. I think I had a squirrel in the wall, specifically there. So I was freaked out about that and panicked about that, and the and the 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 boys, my cats, were uh, panicked about that too, and just spent all their time staring at it and meowing at it, and McGuire hissed at it a couple of times. That's how I know I wasn't imagining it. Um, so I was kind of looking into exterminators and that kind of thing, and I got the boys in bed that night, and I went to bed that night thinking, oh God, what, what does tomorrow hold, you know? And, like, is there just going to be a squirrel in my house? Will it just work its way out of the drywall through that gap? You know, not knowing. And then uh, uh, I got up the next day, not a sound. The thing in the walls has been quiet ever since. So it either left or died, and I don't care which, except if it died, eventually that's going to stink but I can light a candle for a couple of weeks 
and presumably the carcass of it will keep other rodents away. Uh, or not. We'll see. But it's been quiet since. Cats haven't been bothered, so I'm not bothered. And uh, we're just gonna hope that that solved itself for now. And when it happens again, we'll get the exterminators out here. But that's... That's emblematic of my week. It's been uh, that kind of a week where, like, if it's not a work thing, then it's a home improvement thing, or it's a rodent in the wall. You know? Like, that's just kind of been what it's been like lately. And, uh, I don't know. A lot of you probably have that and worse. In fact, I know people who have it worse than that here lately. And, uh... It seems like everybody I know lately has had COVID, except for me. Somehow I'm dodging it. I've even taken a couple of tests recently and been clean and clear. So thank God for small favors and for good vaccines, I guess. But uh, it seems like that's been taking a lot of people I know down lately. And I've got a friend who just can't seem to catch a break as far as just horrible things befalling his friends and family and, and himself and... You know, I've got a hectic work schedule, I've got this home improvement and repair stuff going on, and I had a squirrel in the wall for like a day that went away, you know? I shouldn't complain, you know, right? I shouldn't complain, but I mean, at the same time, just because it's a small problem doesn't mean it's not a problem, I guess, but what good am I doing complaining about it, really? Other than it's content on the podcast, you know? So, uh, thanks for indulging me on that. The cats have stopped their fighting, and they're both quietly laying down in the hallway, kind of looking at me. Hi, boys. They're, uh, they're being very sweet now. That's, that's the great thing about these guys. The dust-ups don't last that long. I rarely even have to step into them, but they're, they're, they're good boys. They're sweet boys. They're my boys. And, uh, uh, they're tolerant of me doing stuff like this. And fortunately, so are all of you out there, so are all the checkmates. Thanks for uh, hanging in there with your old Uncle Derek. Thanks for waiting for me to do new episodes, even when it takes me too long, which it did this week, to be honest with you. And it's going to take me even longer than that, because I've got to edit this thing. Uh, but yeah, just thanks for hanging in there. We got an episode for you. We're going to talk about a couple of things. I think you're going to have a good time. I'm going to have a good time. So, ideally, you will too. Thanks for listening to me in this opening part. We're going to play a little bit of music and then we'll get into it. How's that sound? Is that good? All right, good. I like the way you laugh at my stupid jokes and the stupid things I say. I like your smile, how you do your hair And I like that you don't need to wear makeup every day I'd like to hold your hand, love to feel your kiss Maybe just one more warm embrace Well, between 1989 movies and Queen and who knows what else I've been, uh, I've been a guy who's been obsessed with many different things lately And a lot of them have been kind of old But I've also been watching new stuff and the thing that I think I want to talk about most out of anything that I've seen lately is uh, The Sandman. The Sandman series came, came to life on Netflix. Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. I, uh, I'll tell you, Neil Gaiman's The Sandman, the comic book, 
I read that in my 20s, uh, somewhere in my 20s, I think late 20s, let's say. I'm, I'm 42 now. Sometimes it's hard to remember exactly when he did stuff. Uh, late 20s, I'm going to say I read Sandman. And loved it then and got it then. And, and that was, as, as for many of us, that was probably my foot in the door for Neil Gaiman's work. And I've become a big Neil Gaiman fan ever since. I have read just about all of his novels, except for the newest one, the Norse mythology one they put out. I'm going to get into that here probably before Christmas. It's been sitting on my coffee table for a while, but, you know, I go through phases. Um, I've read most of his novels. I've read quite a bit of his short stories and stuff like that, and I, I really like the guy, and I like the way he thinks, and he's a, an excellent Twitter follow, and uh, <laughs> I, I just, I like that guy, and I like what he does. Sandman was my foot in the door for that. I owe the Sandman comic books for what has been decades of fun, you know, reading his stuff. I, I really like that guy, and I really like what he makes. The Sandman comic book and the concept of the Sandman, if you don't know what it is, is we follow around this guy called Dream, a.k.a. the Sandman, and he is one of the endless. He is essentially, essentially a god that's maybe stating it incorrectly, but he's essentially a god who, he's the god of dreams. He's, the, he's, there's uh, the Sandman who is known as Dream. Uh, all of the Endless are a family of, I, I think, s seven universal concepts, more or less, and they all start with D. So there's Dream, there's Death, there's Destruction, there's Desire, uh, despair. I think destiny is one of them. I feel like I missed at least one. So, the, but that's that's the concept. There are these big universal concepts personified, and you kind of get to know them. And the one that we're following around is Dream, aka the Sandman. So that's that's kind of what it is. And it's very dark, and it's the Sandman interacting with actual humans and sort of just sort of looking into how dreams actually shape humanity and that kind of thing in a very dark and grim way. And uh, uh, that's 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 the overview, I guess. I, I feel like I didn't do that justice, but maybe that does something for you. But Sandman was a great comic book, and I have the benefit of having read it, but having read it long enough ago that I didn't have the really intense memories of it that made me, you know, go into the show thinking, well, they better have this right. I just kind of got to go in thinking, oh, I'm excited that they made a show out of that thing that I like, you know, which really is how you should go into any adaptation of anything. That's how I need to go into watching the new Lord of the Rings series, which I haven't done yet, and my dad wants to talk to me about. Sorry, dad. Uh, I, I haven't gotten into that yet because I don't know, like, I'm, I, I haven't gotten my brain to the point yet where I can look at that and go, okay, they're, they're making a thing based on a thing I like, and that's exciting, you know? And it seems like a lot of the internet can't get that through their heads on the, uh, Lord of the Rings thing or on anything else. A lot of people couldn't get that through their heads on the Sandman because there was a big brouhaha about some of the characters being off-model. Uh, like, the character of Death is in the show played by a black woman, whereas in the comic she appeared to be white. And so people are mad because they're racists. 
she the the actress in the show whose name I don't know I apologize for that the actress in the show did a fantastic job and doesn't deserve that kind of blowback you know I don't I don't get it you know I I don't get it these are made up characters who cares what race they are you know uh you pick the right person you know and why not be inclusive when you can be when it's not when it's not critical that someone be a specific race, why not cast for for inclusivity? Why not pick the best person for the role and also be inclusive? Why not do that? The Sandman did that beautifully. It's a wonderfully diverse cast. And it's a great show. It's a great show. I... I was deeply moved many, many times watching it. I watched it in a couple of settings. I think it broke up into three settings for the, what, ten episodes? Ten, twelve? Something like that. Uh, I think it broke it up into three settings, which apparently Netflix wants you to marathon shit, because uh, that's, that's been a big thing on Neil's Twitter and whatnot. He's been talking about the metrics and how important the metrics are for the first 30 days, and there are articles out there talking about how Netflix is having to make a complicated decision with the Sandman because people were viewing it differently. They were putting space between watching episodes, and that throws off their metrics because Netflix doesn't know a good thing when they have it based on just the quality of that thing. They want to know if people are sitting there just watching it back to back to back to and marathoning it because that's success to them. The more your eyes are glued on them for large chunks of time, that's success to them. Not that you keep coming back. Not that you're actually interested in the thing. Not that you're supporting the thing. Just that you spent 12 hours motionless in front of a screen with their logo in front of you. That's what Netflix wants. But uh, anyway, sorry if this gets back to Neil Gaiman and I'm wrong about all of that. I apologize, mea culpa, mea culpa, but that, that's how it feels as somebody who genuinely loves pro some products that Netflix has just shit-canned because they don't know their ass from their elbow. And I can say that. Neil Gaiman can't. And the creators of Glow can't. And you know, whatever else. But I can say that. Because Netflix owes me nothing and I owe them nothing. Um, what the hell was I... The Sandman is <laughs> beautifully done. It's... Uh, from what I remember, the stories are very faithful. Uh, from what I remember, the stories are ve are very close to the same rhythm and hit all the right beats. And <sighs> it's hard to get into talking about this without getting into spoiler territory. And I really don't want to because I want you to watch it and to be moved by it because it moved me deeply many, many times. I will say this. It starts off kind of PG-13, and then you hit episode 5, the diner episode, for those who have seen it, and it takes a hard turn into R. So, be prepared for that. And then episode 6, episode 6 made me cry in two very different ways at very different times. If you watch that show, watch it and, like... When you watch episode 5, you walk out of that just going, Ugh. Oh, that was rough. Because it's brutal. It's important, and it's moving, but it's brutal. 
Don't watch episode 5 without immediately watching episode 6. Because you walk out of episode 5 feeling weighed down and hopeless, and you watch episode 6, and by the end of it, you feel hope come back. That's what... Like that, I, I liked the whole series. I, I really did. And I liked how they wrapped up the end of season one. Fantastic. You know, but I, uh, I was most impacted by the turnaround from episode five into episode six. Because episode five really weighed heavily on my emotions. And then episode six allowed those emotions to be released. Uh, I can't name another show that has done that in years and years. Just a really well-put-together show, a really beautiful presentation. They absolutely deserve a season two. Netflix, you need to give this a season two. Netflix, you need to give a lot of shit a season two, and a season three, and a season four. I don't know if there's been a Netflix show that's gone beyond four seasons, because they like to cancel shit, man. They like to cancel shit before it's worth canceling. I don't know, they just like stuff to go out on a high? I don't know. I don't know why we're not in, like, season 9 of uh, Kimmy Schmidt at this point, you know? Or at least season 6 of of, uh, of Glow. I don't know, Netflix doesn't know a good thing when they have it. They just... They just want to get their logo in front of you, man. That's sickening, isn't it? And yet I subscribe. <laughs> and I watch it regularly. There's a lot of good stuff on Netflix. I just wish they, uh, I just wish they cared as much about the product as the people do that watch it. But such is entertainment these days. First person that, the first time a person wearing a suit got involved in entertainment, it was over. It was all about the dollars. And that worked for a while, but it kind of doesn't now. People need something other than dollar signs to move them. And you got people out there like Neil Gaiman who are giving people exactly that. Who are giving people real emotion and real feelings. And it's not just about dollars. Not even for him. I'm convinced that he would do this if no one were reading. You know, or watching, or whatever. I'm convinced he would still need to get this out of him. And that's kind of why I love him. He gives you something real. And it's a part of himself. And... It's my pleasure to watch it, and it's my pleasure to read it, and it should be yours too. Check out The Sandman. For some of you, it's going to be very different from the stuff that you like. But I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to write into the show, and you're going to say thank you for recommending that so emphatically. In my 20s, I read it. In my 40s, I'm watching it. It's very different experiences. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I think I'm enjoying this experience even more. The Sandman. It's on Netflix until Netflix decides that it isn't. Check it out while you can. Hopefully you'll be able to check it out for years and years to come. I need a Blu-ray release of this show. Somebody, if, if anybody can make that happen, I need a Blu-ray release of The Sandman. There's a Kimmy Schmidt complete series out there. Let's get, you know, Sandman season one on Blu-ray. Let's, let's do that by Christmas, you know? It's great. It's great. And we got lots of other great stuff to talk about, too.
fallen so far It's so hard to be yourself When you don't know who you are I'm afraid I've lost my Oh, checkmates, I ended up doing something fun this week that I did not expect to do. I, I absolutely didn't see it coming. Uh, a week and a half, two weeks ago, something like that, my brother tagged me in a comment on a Facebook post. A local record store here had put up a post that said, Hey, Glenn Tilbrook from Squeeze is going to be in town doing a solo show. Tag a friend in this for a chance to win tickets. And my brother tagged me and said, Hey, Derek, this would be fun to do. And I replied saying, Yeah, and where I am financially right now, it's going to have to be free for me to get there. <laughs> you know, and lo and behold, we were chosen as the winners. I don't know how many people commented. I have no idea. But we ended up going to see Glenn Tilbrook this past weekend. Um, something I should probably mention leading into all that, we're both big fans of Squeeze. Uh, squeeze, you know, the English sort of uh, new wave-ish, post-punk, whatever, pop band. Uh, one high-voice guy, one low-voice guy. Uh, uh, tempted by the fruit of another. That band. Uh, the guys that did Tempted, uh, they did uh, Cool for Cats and uh, Goodbye Girl and Annie Get Your Gun and uh, uh, Up the Junction and other songs. Uh, we both really like Squeeze, and Dave, when I was you know, a teenager and thereabout, Dave was constantly playing Squeeze in his car, and I was in his car because I didn't have a driver's license, and just listening to Squeeze and kind of getting used to it, and we would even sometimes make up sort of parody joke versions of the songs we were listening to and kind of, you know, sing them and laugh and stuff, and, uh, uh... Neither of us had seen Squeeze. Dave actually had seen Glenn Tilbrook perform solo before. He did an acoustic set uh, at a place here called Pops. And at one point during that show, he took the audience outside and did a few songs for them. At some point, maybe Dave will tell that story on the show, and I'll let him you know, do that. But that's, that's the Cliff's Notes. And uh, so he had seen Glenn Tilbrook before. And then in, I want to say, something like 2007, 2008... Uh, everybody in the world knows that I'm a big Amy Mann fan, and Amy Mann and Squeeze were touring together, and I believe Amy Mann was opening that night and Squeeze was headlining, and uh, I wanted to see Amy Mann, and I knew Squeeze was there, and I kind of said to Dave, hey, Squeeze is playing with Amy Mann, you want to go to that? He was like, yeah, I'm probably a little bit more excited about Squeeze, but sure, I'll go to that. And we went, and I had a good time at Amy Mann, and so did Dave, and then Squeeze came out, and we both had a great time, and it was genuinely one of those moments where I kind of thought, I guess I like Squeeze fine, you know, whatever. And then I saw them play and I went, oh my god, I know all of these songs and they're all great. I had no idea that I love Squeeze. And then I was just all in and, I, you know, started buying stuff and just, you know, deepened my love for that band and got a little bit obsessive for a little while there. And then that cooled down because, you know, it's been a few years and uh, that that love kind of came back this week because we won the tickets to see Glenn Tilbrook for free 
and we went in, and it was just Glenn with his guitar, and uh, he played an acoustic for a bit, and he plugged in an electric for a bit, but it was just him solo, no accompaniment. And uh, it was great. He played a ton of the Squeeze songs, played all the Squeeze songs you wanted to hear, just about, anyway. And it played a few solo songs, but it was mostly Glenn playing Squeeze stuff. I was a little bit surprised by that. Uh, he has a number of solo albums out there. I've got a few of them. And I just, I expected a solo set. But he did a lot of Squeeze. Possibly because he's still touring with Squeeze. I think this next week he starts a tour in the UK that is largely set up to to benefit food banks over there. And uh, Squeeze is just kind of going around doing that. So, uh... Yeah, we uh, he he did a solo set. We went for free to the to see a solo set, and since we didn't have to pay for tickets, we both spent money at the merch booth, and I bought a couple of beers. Uh, <laughs> and uh, actually, that's worth mentioning. Uh, the beer that I had there was a, a local one by a company called Heavy Riff, and uh, Heavy Riff does music themed beverages. Uh, or beverages named after music concepts or bands and that kind of thing. The beer that I had was a brown ale called the Velvet Underground. It's a play on Velvet Underground. Velvet Underground was one of my favorite bands, and uh, turns out that this is one of my favorite beers now. I I'm not going to lie to you, checkmates. I saw the Velvet Underground in my local supermarket and thought, well, that's kind of stupid. They they're They're going to get a cease and desist on that. And also, it probably sucks, because it, it's a novelty beer. And I just let it sit there. And then I was at uh, Del Mar Hall here in St. Louis, about to see Glenn Tilbrook. And, you know, again, had a free ticket, so I considered it a little bit of found money. And I walked up to the bar, and I saw that they had that there, and I said, Hey, give me a Velvet Underground. I haven't had that. And they gave it to me, and I poured it in the pint glass, and I took a sip, and I was immediately in love. Uh, like, everything I said in the grocery store, absolutely wrong. It's not stupid. <laughs> it's a great name for a beer. It's uh, made by a cool company who does cool stuff, and uh, I want to... They apparently have a taproom slash restaurant here in town that I really want to go visit now and sample some of their other beers, because this one blew me away. It's a brown ale, but it tastes like a porter. It's a little bit weightier than your standard brown ale. It, uh, it, uh, there's a lot of, uh, milkiness to it, and a lot of chocolate in the, in the sort of finish of it. Really, really good beer. So, you know, I'm there ten minutes, and I've already had a fantastic beer, and that set a tone for a wonderful night, you know? <laughs> and, uh, the opening act came out, and she was, uh, fine, and Dave bought a copy of her CD, but I knew I was going to be spending more at, at Glenn's table. Uh, so, <laughs> um... But she she was good. I'm sorry I can't remember her name. That's part of the problem with getting a free ticket. You don't retain everything in exactly the same way that you would if you paid for it. The opening act was very, very good. She did a, a, a an excellent cover of a Gordon Lightfoot song that I really enjoyed. Um, maybe I'll borrow that CD from Dave. But yeah, then Glenn took the stage, and he just, he just, he just killed it, man. He was just great. And he played these great squeeze songs, and he played some of his great solo stuff, and just just a wonderful set and one of the things that impressed me most was that he still played the solos still played solos in the song even though he's by himself and there was nothing backing him up not even a rhythm track not even 
honestly not even people clapping along to keep the beat, but he still soloed and just played these pretty impressive solos, actually, that uh, impressed me. And, you know, he'd get to the end of a solo and Dave and I had started applauding. And that's actually something we noticed. That, like, he would start the intro licks to the songs, and we'd both go, Oh, I know that song, and we'd both applaud, and then we'd realize, we're the only ones applauding. And we're sitting in the free seats at the back of the of the venue. Like, we don't get allowed into the proper seats that people paid somewhere between 40 and and $100 for, and they're not clapping at the intros of the song. I don't know what they're doing there, but they're not clapping at the intros of the song. And then Glenn is playing these solos, and Dave and I are clapping for the solos, and the people who are in the expensive seats aren't. Uh, <laughs> although they eventually caught on to that. I credit me and Dave with getting the rest of the room on the right page and applauding when the guy finished a solo. Uh, and, you know, eventually people started doing that, which was actually a really sweet moment, because I realized after the first time that Everybody, you know, actually applauded one of his solos. I saw him blush. I just, the color in his face changed a little. He got a little bit red and resumed singing the song. He got a little bit, just slightly embarrassed and just slightly, you know, just, uh, the, just a, a little bit of a humble heart in there. And he was just like, oh, that, that, that felt good, but they don't need to do that. Yeah, he just sort of had that look on his face. And that kept happening. Like, every time people had popped for one of his solos, he'd kind of blush a little in the, at, at, at the end of it. And that's not stage, man. You can't fake that. You can't fake blushing. You can't make yourself blush. That was real. Like, we applauded his solos, and we made that happen. We made him feel good, you know? And we made him feel slightly embarrassed, you know, <laughs> that that he felt good. And that, that that was so sweet and so cute. Like, I, 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 I loved him for that, you know? Like, I, I a little bit fell in love with Glenn Tilbrook at that point. And uh, uh, not, like, in a way that he has to worry about or that I have to worry about. It, it's fine. Just like, oh, that's so nice that that meant something to him, you know? And, like, Dave and I caused that <laughs> by being good fans. That that struck me. That, 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 that struck and confused me that, like... I, I know some people down front paid $90 for their tickets. Dave and I were there for free as contest winners sitting at the very back of the place. And we're the real fans applauding and singing along and getting people to clap for the solos. I That's so weird, isn't it? Like, I've paid 90 and 100 bucks for a ticket to stuff before. Hell, I've paid more than that for for tickets to stuff before. And, like, I've been engaged when that's happened, you know, when I've paid like a hundred dollars to see, uh, I, I'm gonna say the who, I don't know if that happened, I'm not sure, but when I, if I, if I pay that much to see one of my favorite bands, or just a band that I like a lot, if I paid that much money, I'm gonna applaud when I hear one of my favorite songs starting, you know? But, I, I don't know what was happening in that room, but I felt like Dave and I were in the wrong seats, you know? <laughs> And maybe if Squeeze comes through as a full band again, uh, they they came through at the end of 2021, but neither of us was really ready to dive back into COVID concert or post-COVID concerts, I guess. not. It's not really post-anything right now, folks, but neither of us was ready to take that kind of risk yet. But maybe if they come back this year or next year, we'll, we'll go and, and, you know, have the right seats and applaud at the right times. Uh, you know, that's... I don't know, it was just kind of an odd experience in that way, but it was 
it's still a great show, and he has great people that work with him. The uh, young lady who was running his merch booth was very charming and affable and fun to talk to, and uh, just just a really fun night, man. Really fun night, hearing these great songs. That if you're not familiar with Squeeze, uh, get a Greatest Hits compilation, or get the uh, uh, Spot the Difference record. Uh, Spot the Difference, they put out in, I think, something like 2010, and it's uh, it's the band in its current form, or at least current as of then, uh, playing the old hits, but playing them with sort of an updated sound. You know? Like, they've got... Uh, uh, the, the drums don't sound as shitty as, as they did when they were the electronic 1980s drums. You know, it sounds actually good and kind of current Uh It's called Spot the Difference because they did very similar arrangements uh, encouraging you, the listener, to spot the difference between the old tracks and the new. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that's a really good entryway because it hits you with all of their hits and they're all great songs. Uh, get into Squeeze. Squeeze is good news. There was, there was a time where, not so much in the States, because we in the States don't know a good thing when we have it, but, uh, some of our friends, some of the checkmates in the UK may know this. Uh, in the 80s, when Squeeze was kind of at their apex, there was a time where people were saying that they were the spiritual, uh, successors to Lennon and McCartney, were Chris Stifford and, uh, Glenn Tilbrook. Uh, that that was said about them regularly, which is something that they take with a mixture of you know flattery and also kind of like eh, no, we're not, you know. Uh, they they have mixed emotions about about that, but that was said about them in the eighties. People said that again, mainly in the UK uh, or former UK. I don't, I I still don't really know how Brexit works. Uh, but those of you who are in that part of Europe, uh, might might remember that better than anybody here in the States did. I certainly didn't know it until much, much later. But they they write these really great songs, these really catchy pop songs that often have just a slightly dark edge to them that you don't notice until you listen closely and start learning lyrics. Uh, j- just a great band. A great band. And I got to see, like, the guy who was one of the primary voices of that band do a solo set and play all those songs and play them really well and do some awesome guitar leads and he just it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun and i bought a shitload of his cd's <laughs> i'm i'm almost embarrassed by how much i spent in a time where i really can't afford to spend it uh but it was also the thing of like these are here in front of me now and the time to buy it is when you see it and uh, so I added a lot to my uh, Glenn Tilbrook collection. So um, that was fun. And after that, Dave and I went to an IHOP. We were going to go to a Waffle House, but the Waffle House uh, in this area, for some reason, doesn't let you dine in. Uh, you can only do carryout. I don't know. I assume that's a post-COVID thing, but it's still going on. So we didn't go to Waffle House. There was an IHOP down the street. We went to IHOP and enjoyed a good meal that I I think I'm still full from. Because, like, at Waffle House, you can just kind of order something small. Like, I just want one biscuit with gravy, thanks, and a cup of decaf because it's late, you know. Like, you can do that at a Waffle House. You can't do that at an IHOP. If you order anything at an IHOP, you are going to get way too much food and then two pancakes on the side. That's just how IHOP works. And I had forgotten that. 
But anyway, we had a good meal that I, again, am probably still full from. That was the most uh, sugary pancakes that I've had in years. Uh, so I'm trying to eat light the rest of this week. But uh, that was a really good time. Heard some great music from what appears to be a great person who is also donating money to food banks on his current tour. And uh, just had a good time with my brother, man. And I discovered a great beer in the process, too. That was a really good night. I went to the grocery store the next day and bought a four-pack of that beer. That happened. It's already gone. It was good. Uh, I just I powered right through that. But, uh, uh, yeah, Glenn Tilbrook, really good time. Velvet Underbrown, really good beer. And uh, so on. Comes through here every day, drinks his coffee and slips away. Sits there lonely in his chair, baseball cap covers his hair. Has his story like a song. All right, checkmates, that is it for this episode, I think. We're gonna keep it to just a couple of things this time. I had fun talking to you. I hope you had fun listening. I'm right now in my head going through all the other stuff that I could talk about. The new Patton Oswalt special is out. The uh, new album by Julian Lennon is out. There's a new Flogging Molly out there. There's a new Demi Lovato out there. And, you know, other stuff. Uh, I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking about all the stuff I could talk about that I just haven't. But that's okay. Because we've got other episodes to do. We've got other episodes ahead of us, and Dave and I have not landed on a Fab 15 uh, topic for next time yet, so you're going to get at least one more before you get one of those. You'll get one more of me doing solo, and maybe I'll touch on some of that stuff next time. Maybe that was a maybe that was a coming attractions segment I just did. Or maybe I'll forget entirely, because I'm, it's, things are still kind of crazy at work, <laughs> and I'm still doing this uh, bedroom and bathroom remodel, and... Whatever else is going on, and the cats are still fun and weird, and maybe I'll forget everything that I wanted to talk about yet again. And that's okay, too. Because whenever we do this, I just kind of like talking to you, and I know some of you like listening, and that means a lot, and I hope I hope you know what that means. I hope you know that were I Glenn Tilbrook playing a guitar solo, the emails that I get from you make me blush every time. This is a slightly belabored metaphor. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And uh, I just want to say to everybody that, hey, COVID-19 is still out there. We're all testing at home now, so we have no idea what the numbers are. But if you're anything like me, everybody around you keeps getting sick, man. So please continue to be careful and take precautions. Get vaccinated if you're not vaccinated. Get boosted if you're not boosted. I think there's the Omicron variant or Omicron variant. Uh, a shot coming out soon. Get that when it's available uh, and you're eligible. I don't... That might even be out already. I've lost track a little bit because nobody's talking about it the way they should. Uh, But still, just please be careful. Apart from that, please remember that black lives matter. Please remember that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights. Please remember that women's rights are human rights. And I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. Checkmates, be good to each other, be good to yourselves, forgive each other, forgive yourselves, and while you're doing all that, 
check us out next time. Huh, Chris Difford's new album is just going to be called Pants.